Welcome to the Office Flip Flops Podcast. My name is Francesca Zampaglione, and I am an entrepreneur, confidence builder, resilience connoisseur, and a lover of all things coffee. Each week, we'll bring you inspirational people and messages that will guide you to unleashing the best version of yourself. Let's dive in. Welcome to this week's episode of Office Flip Flops. I am Francesca, your host. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in and listening to today's topic. Why does organizational culture matter? Why? Because culture really is people. It's how we treat our people. My guest today, Angela Hayroth, is an expert in this space, and she calls herself a talent experience architect. She is brilliant in what she does and the information that she shares, and I love her simplistic approach. Actually, something happens right before we recorded the episode, and we talk about it a little bit in the show, how she was running late and how I treated her. I did not let her apologize. I didn't want her to feel bad. She had already explained to me that she was going to be late and I understood that. And she said, Francesca, you were being human and this is exactly what I mean by organizational culture and what we need to do as people for people at work. So without further ado, my remarkably intelligent friend, Angela Hayroth. Angela Hayroth, I am so fortunate to have you here today with that beautiful smile. Let's tell everybody what you do for a living. Oh, hi, Francesca. So, so happy to be here. Um, yeah, I've spent over 20 years in corporate talent management, which I like to say for those who don't know is, is the part of HR that isn't benefits and, and isn't employee relations. It's kind of all the other stuff, the things that have to do with, with the employee life cycle, recruiting and um, training and culture and succession planning and, and all of those kinds of things. And um, so I, I've spent my time doing that. And about a decade ago or so, I realized that every company deserved access to that stuff, but didn't always have it um, if they were maybe smaller or they were focused on on the day-to-day. And what could I do to provide that to, to everybody? So I so I kind of think or kind of started thinking that I should maybe do this on the outside and provide this as a as a project based. And I thought, oh, that's in about 2025 for whatever reason. It's a good round number right in your mind, uh, which is still two years from now, just to, you know. Right. Uh, and so that was kind of always in the back of my mind. In about 2025, I'll start this thing where I'll provide this service to people outside. And, uh, you know, then 2020 happened. Right. Catalyst to a lot of things. And for right. me, it was this moment of maybe it's time to do that thing that I was going to do five years from now. Um, so now I still do talent management, but I do it externally for, for lots of different companies. So I get to partner with um, many, many different companies and in lots of different sizes and lots of different parts of their journey to create their talent life cycle across, uh, across different aspects so that their employees can be engaged. I love your story for two reasons, because I think you are really approaching culture because we're kind of talking about that with layoff. These are these things that we brought up in the green room. And then also that you went off and did your own thing. There are a lot of people who have done that, like you said, since March of 20. But let's I love the way you describe culture. And it brought up a story as to how we started our meeting today. You said something about it's from one human to another, just from being human. To re- I'm not saying it right. So correct me and let's go from there. Yeah, you know, people have all these big fancy definitions for culture and they're all correct. 
they're they're all they're all different different ways to think about what is organizational culture. But really, when what I think it boils down to is kind of who we are as humans and and how we interact human to human. And um, you know, for like to reveal a little secret to, to people as they're listening in, I I joined this meeting a little bit later than we had planned for for some various reasons. And the second I joined in, I I literally was about to say, I'm so sorry, Francesca. And you didn't even let me get those words out before saying, don't say sorry. What you were doing was important. I was meeting with my son's teacher. And that right there is an encapsulation of, of culture because it was this human to human interaction. You know, if I would, if we were going to create an organization, I was going to define our culture. It'd probably be, be about being um, collegial with each other and being respectful of each other's time. And how we would then show that would be by saying, we're not sorry for missing a meeting. That would be an example of, of how we just interact with each other in this human to human way. Um, mm. Because again, culture can take on all these big, huge things that you can't put your hands around and then people get all right. confused about what it is. Um, right. So if we just think about it that way, it becomes a lot simpler. Yeah, I love that. So, and the other thing I'd, I'd love to hit on that you, you are really very well versed in is how there's all of these layoffs because they're paying attention to budget. And then you reminded me, well, culture is still important. Mm-hmm. Tell me why. Tell me yeah. more about that. Well, you know, I think the ultimate goal of any company, whether they, most are starting to realize it, some are still growing in their maturity to, to realize it, but the ultimate goal of any company is to create an environment in which their people can be engaged because engagement is what creates performance and what creates profitability. Truly, if people aren't engaged in their work, if they don't care about what they're doing, they're not going to do a good job for the company. And right. to create engagement, you have to have a good culture. And to have a good culture, you have to be intentional about what it looks like and how you how you put it across all of these points of life cycle. So even while we're in this kind of um, economic, um, you know, whatever we want to call it, downturn, where we have to manage our costs and be very very cautious about what we're spending, culture still matters. And I think it it becomes a misnomer that culture costs money. It doesn't have to. I mean, again, you 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 know, being friendly to me doesn't didn't cost you anything. Um, and but people have this in the back of their mind that culture and engagement and talent, all this stuff costs all this money. And so we can't do it in these environments of of downturn when in fact you should do it even more because this is when you're creating the loyalty and the engagement that then turns around and, and pays you back later. Yeah, I agree so much because especially in the downturn, the employees Mm. who still have their jobs might feel that their jobs are threatened. So yes, that's really important for us to pay attention to the culture and say, hey, your job is safe. And then just be honest and upfront with them and let them know as much in advance as possible about how the company's doing, right? right? Sometimes we might not be able to avoid it, but here's a communication channel and mm-hmm. we respect your feelings because yeah, you're, you're afraid now because we, we've had these layoffs. So how can we tend to that um, group of employees? Right? Yeah. If I go back to that idea that culture is who we are, you know, I had a wise mentor many years ago, I was thinking about changing career paths and trying to play with all these, you know, do I want to be this or do I want to be this? And they were all, you know, job titles. And she said, stop it, Angela, you can't figure out what you are until you figure out who you are. And I apply that to organizations too, because all these organizations, the the what in this case might be the the spending and the budgets, 
but who they are, culture, that's that's who we are at our core. And, and that's who an organization is at their core too. And when you're in a time of kind of your hardest time, even as an individual or an organization, you revert to who you are. That's always what you revert to. And so a company's hardest, most challenging time should revert back to that. Who are we culturally? Do we need to redefine that? Maybe, maybe we take this opportunity to, to redefine who we are, but it doesn't mean it goes out the window or gets put on a shelf because that's only right. something we do in good times. It actually should be something we spend now more time really solidifying who are we at our core so that we know how we want to respond to all of these challenging moments. Right. And Angela, just, you know, a question out of the blue, it doesn't matter what size a company is, right? No, no. it doesn't. No, no. In fact, I think that's, that's a, a myth that only big companies need to worry about culture because I think, again, it goes back to what culture is and people think it's ping pong tables and free pizza on Fridays and whatever. And so they think that's a big company thing with a big budget. And it's not any of those things. Again, it's just, who are we? How do we interact with each other? And every company needs that. In fact, every company has it, whether they know it or not. It's because we're humans and we create cultures for ourselves. That's what we do, right? Like animals don't necessarily do that, especially the, the, my, my son's favorite animal is the jaguar. And I remember this, uh, this book that we read when he was little and it had, you know, the big, huge font in it and had one page that said, Jaguars live alone. And I remember thinking, well, we don't. <laughs> like, right. So right. Even the most introverted humans rely on other humans. Like that's just, we, we want our people, right? We want to, we want our people around us. And that's yep. what culture is. Who is our people? And, and so whether you have a big company or a small company, you all, you have that, you have your people. It's just your, your um, kind of, do you want to create it intentionally or do you want to let it be created on its own? It's going to be there. It's just, do you, do you want to be intentional about it or not? I love that summary. Right. Do you want to be intentional and go so far as meeting your employees where they are, right? Yes. Yeah, meeting them where they are and just making time for it. Cause I really think that's what it is, is making the time for it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And defining out of it, right. If, if you want your culture to be a certain way because of uh, the kind of clients you have or whatever, then you right. need to define that because if not, it's going to, the employees will define it again. That's just what we do as, as humans. We, we create our little tribes, you know, and that's culture. That's right. Um, that's culture. And, and so you can, you can, um, define it or let it be defined for you. Hmm. So <clears throat> someone's listening to this right now and they have, you know, they're an entrepreneur and they have, um, and they're adding people on, what do you think they should consider first and foremost? Is it a team meeting? Is it a team lunch? What is something that can help ignite it? Their togetherness. And it doesn't matter by the way, whether we are remote or in person, right? That's what we have to pay attention to. That is something else that I wanted to cover in our time together. Right, right. Yeah, because again, this interaction can, in, in nowadays can happen how we're doing it right now. It just right. doesn't have to happen with walls around us. Um, I, I think really honestly where they start beyond just getting people together and talking about it is asking what matters to you. And so often we forget that of, of asking the other person, whoever that is and how they would define things and, and how do you like to be engaged? And I had a CEO once where we were doing that, I was doing a kind of a culture and values assessment. And he said, what if they tell you they want latte machines? And he said, just like that. And I said, well, what if they do? Right. (laughs) It's the worst that could happen. Now, 
they didn't. They told me they wanted to be trusted and to have challenging projects. And they had, those were the things people tend to tell you, but he was so afraid. That's the right word that they were going to say they want free latte machines that he almost didn't. Okay. The idea of going out and just asking them. Wow. So I will tell you when I went back to him and gave him the synthesis of the results, that's how I started. They want latte machines. They want latte machines. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> April 1st. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think That's start true. there. Start by asking people, what matters to you? Why did you yeah. come here? What What are right. you looking to get out of this? What engages you? And you might be surprised by what you hear. I love that because, uh, and I think a lot of people think that they're driven by money and it's not always the dollars, right? It's mm -hmm. maybe it's flexibility. Like you said, it's not the latte machines. It's whatever, just clean water. Like who knows? Right. 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 It's well, it's feeling like it's feeling that they belong somewhere. Again, it's about this. I, I want to find my people, you know, leaving is not easy. People don't like to leave jobs. I hate this misnomer. Yeah. People like to drop pop. I mean, right. Like leaving right. a job is, saying goodbye to people and moving your 401k and yeah. you know changing your benefits and um, getting to know new people. It's not fun. It's not a fun process. Right. People don't tend to enjoy it. They do it because they felt driven to it from something. And almost always you can gave all of these reasons, but almost always it's, I didn't feel like I belonged and that's culture again. And so if I belong somewhere, if I feel like this is where, this is where my people are, I'm not going to look for something else. Now I might, it, part of not belonging might be if I'm not paid what I'm worth, but it's one piece of it. Now, once I'm paid what I'm right. worth, I don't care about all this other stuff. Right. You know, much more right. about right. finding ways to help people belong. And we all belong in different ways. So I do think it's uncovering what makes the people at your organization feel like they belong. I love that. It is so important. And I love how you shared that's the number one thing is feeling that we belong. And I think that goes so far and wide outside of the organization, um, regardless of size, right? Regardless of virtual versus in person. So mm -hmm. in all of this incredible work that you get to do, Angela, whether you're in person, is there a favorite piece of clothing or accessory, some kind of lucky Ooh. something that you have that makes you feel great or how does it make you feel? Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, I don't know that I necessarily have a lucky piece. Um, I do have, as I'm looking over here, I'm looking at this coat that I have sitting here. I have, I have just this like, you know, black, um, fleece, I don't know, jacket that I, I keep here in my office. One, because I get cold. Um, but two is because sometimes I'm running in from, you know, some that I might just have a t-shirt or something on and I can throw that on and instantly look like I just have a little, a uh, little collar and, and, right. uh, you right. know, I look presentable for some of these meetings. So maybe it's that, I don't know. I don't, don't be amazed my glasses. I don't know. I don't have, yep. don't have a good answer for that. Well, any answer that's yours is a good answer, right? It's just everybody has a different answer. Some people, right? It's a piece of jewelry that was, um, that it's an heirloom piece. But for you, I think you nailed it in saying it's this jacket so that I'm presentable. Like, because you know that there's a difference when you are and yeah. that helps you conduct business virtually, which is just, you know, what we're all trying to do, right? For the past right. three years and going forward, you know, virtual right. meetings and connections and businesses aren't going away. And I think it's beautiful. Otherwise we would have never met, 
You know, we met at a chance meeting and we just continued to talk. And I thought like what you do for a living is so important for us to understand as professionals. So the human to human piece, the culture piece, I love all that you do. So if someone wanted to continue the conversation with you, Angela, where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I'm on I'm very active on LinkedIn. So um, you can okay. certainly find me there. Um, my website is Talent Lifecycle Designs, and you can certainly find my contact information on there as well. Those are probably the two easiest ways. Yep, that's perfect. So um, I'll make it even super easy. I'll put the <laughs> links in the show notes. So all they have to do is click on it because like I said, you're a wealth of information and we could all use a little connection. So thank you yes. so much for sharing your brilliance today, Angela. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks, Francesca. I love how Angela summarizes in the show why organizational culture matters. And I do believe the top three takeaways summarize it even better. Number one, the definition of organizational culture boils down to who we are as humans and how we interact human to human. So in other words, how we interact with each other in a human to human way. Number two, the ultimate goal of any company is to create an environment where the people are engaged, right? So engagement is what creates performance and it also improves profitability. Because if people aren't engaged, they're not gonna do a good job for the company. So to create engagement, we have to have a good culture and be intentional about it. Culture doesn't even have to cost money because being nice and being friendly is free. And number three, culture is who we are. In other words, we can't figure out what we are until we figure out who we are, right? And here's the bonus takeaway, my friends. Uncover what makes the people in your organization feel like they belong. Ask them, ask them what's important to them and how they feel and how they like to be engaged. You might be surprised by their answers. So I'll see you next time, my friends, and have a great week. I hope today's episode inspired you. Make sure you check out the show notes with the important links for my guest. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the show. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend via text or on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was on social media. I love hearing the feedback from you and it helps make this show better. And if no one has told you today, I want to remind you that you matter, you are not alone, and to stay inspired by what you heard today. Thank you.